wrestling fans, and welcome to The Hill is Always Greener, a show where us four jabronis have chill discussions about Sonic the Hedgehog to distract ourselves from, well, everything that isn't wrestling! (laughs) I'm Game Buddy, your announcer today. I'm Falero, I'm also here. (laughs) Hey there, brother, this is Rock the Jake. My God, that's Cyberlink's music! <laughs> I'm amazed that the guys that aren't wrestling fans successfully did good references to reference wrestling, and I was just there. <laughs> hey, I, I've learned a few things from cultural osmosis. I, I've, yeah, watched, I've watched quite a few WWE pay-per-views with friends. Yeah, but I'm talking about wrestling. Oh! oh. oh. Mine is no. all absorbed from the being an avid listener of Giant Bomb for decades now. <laughs> Look, I, I, I can sit here in the background and just go, dick, dick, diggity, dick, diggity, dog. And oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that. Oh, man. Well, I guess we should clarify what brings this about. Yo, this on... isn't actually a wrestling broadcast, by the way, everyone. Um, no, no. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> everything does become one eventually. We are dipping our toes into it by by focusing on a a subject that is near and dear to my heart, kind of sort of. Um it's the <laughs> Sonic X comic books. Um full disclosure, we are we are counting down uh the days until that new discotheque uh subtitle box set comes out, which will be out by this point, so you should go buy it, Sonic fans. For real. Um but we thought uh on our recording schedule we would lead up to to uh talking about the show proper eventually with some look at the Sonic X comics, which was a really fun little side series that Archie did back in the day. Um that introduced uh that 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 took place in the Sonic X show universe um and had all of your favorite characters like Chris's maid Ella and um Bokun and uh, also introduced some characters of their own like a oh a mysterious luchador themed wrestler named El Gran Gordo who um <laughs> is going to be our focus today through uh, issues 26 and 27. uh, And then we hop forward just a little bit to 31 and 32, which was all of the appearances by El Gran Gardo. But um, yeah, Sonic X, Sonic X comics specifically. Gentlemen, your thoughts, your opinions, your your hopes and and fears. (laughs) If there is one thing people take away from the Sonic X comic, it is El Gran Gordo and these issues. Yes. Like, 100%. I also like the one issue where the shadow organization made up of villains from Sonic X in the comics um, creates all the multicolored clones of Sonic, and I love when people post that cover every Pride Month. It's <laughs> one of my favorite bits. Uh, yes, the uh, S-O-N-I-C-X organization. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Isn't that also the one where they make a clone in the end of like classic Sonic and he has to fight him? Yes, yes. A, a Sonic Generations before Sonic Generations that Sonic <laughs> has to murder by the end of that one. <laughs> All right. You know, in a funny cartoon way. <laughs> yeah, that's <cool>. no good. <laughs> <laughs> This was my first time reading any of the uh, any of the uh, Sonic X comics, and uh, the first thing that really struck me was just how pretty faithful they were to like getting the the TV show's art style down. I mean, like Sonic pretty much looks like Sonic in almost any medium, but um, almost not every. <laughs> but um, it, it was interesting to like see like kind of like the darker shades of blue on him that the anime kind of adapted, and 
I, it's like it's still the comic is still its own thing, but it was that was the first thing that really struck me, like the, the faithfulness to the look. I mean, I'd argue it's less faithful than it used to be, but that's a good thing. Uh, yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you can tell the like I'd be lying if the the maybe the beginnings of the Sonic X comic weren't a little rough. Like I'm sure if you're an online Sonic fan, you have seen the panels of the. The one artist who I won't even dignify by naming who was just tracing screenshots from the show and somehow that made it through the editors. But hey, they were not asked back. <laughs> um, but no, uh, you can tell even when like Archie mainstay artists, like some of the ones we're going to be looking at today, like James Fry and Stephen Butler, Tracy Yardley, even um, Patrick Speziente on covers. Like they are obviously following the the quote unquote style guide for Sonic X. Like you will see, like almost any time Sonic is smiling, it's the refined version of the Sonic Adventure smile that showed up mm -hmm. in X a lot. And yeah, the colors and just a lot of character proportions, and of course, like how all of the human characters look. And um, it's just like going back with these with like knowing all of the baggage that Archie main series had is very nice that Sonic X was just a fun month to month, like jokey joke book. I, I would not say it's as comedy or silly focused as like the English dub of Sonic X, but also there's a couple of things. Like I think that Irish cop shows up in the comic book as well, which is, yep. which is pretty funny, but it, it splits the difference by being like, obviously a low key like book to tell extra stories that kind of fit within the Sonic X continuity, but also like, genuinely pretty funny and uh, does not does not feel like it is talking down to its to its audience um and these uh, these issues are great i think like you said if you're if you're gonna start anywhere with the sonic x comics like these are good ones to start with and then you can expand expand outwards from there definitely this was for me this was definitely a good place to start because it really just felt it had that saturday morning cartoon energy to it of just like here's a wacky situation but with like pretty good writing and like some not super deep but like deep enough character thought of like this is why i like being el gran gordo <laughs> yes yes yeah every everyone feels in character if if that makes sense and, and treat treating sonic x as like a a totally separate continuity from from archie proper it is interesting how long this comic ultimately ended up running because it started in September of 2005, by which point, like, new episodes of the anime, like, were actually starting to run out or had finished up in America for at least the first 52. And then we would get the Metarex the year after that. But by the time we get to the issue we're covering today, the show was already over and it was still going. Yeah, I, I think people, especially uh, maybe people closer to our age, like kind of maybe forget that Sonic X had a real long tail. Like, yeah, opinions on English dub aside, like that thing has stayed on streaming constantly. And just like new generations of like little kids, like you just put on Sonic X forum. And, you know, thankfully that has led to it getting a a proper like re-release by Discotech, the, the English dub and now the subtitled version so i'm i'm grateful for that but yes that is why the sonic x comic which which came out um yeah was it late-ish 2005 after the show was was done the first time before we would get new episodes yeah and then lasted all the way until 2009 and led directly into archie's other side series sonic universe and uh what was it 30 39 issues total did it make it to 40 it made it to 40 
Yeah, sure did. Sure did. Which is, yeah, that's that's quite a long time for a a not only a spinoff, but specifically based on a, you know, a TV show like as 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 much as we also, you know, someday we'll talk about those. The Sonic Boom comics didn't get to last that long. <laughs> yeah, but can you imagine a Sonic comic based on a TV show and adapting its world lasting, you know, for 20 something years? That's just impossible to even <laughs> fathom. Am I right? Yeah, they would have hmm. to go down some really crazy things and totally abandon the source material eventually. <laughs> Oh, wait, I know what you're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) I just had a quick check. 32 issues of Knuckles the Echidna, just in case you were wondering. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, good. They they got outlasted by an actually good comic. Yeah. Yeah, then he he switched back over to the main series and, and infected his family drama throughout the backstories of that for years after. But... As we are frequently say on this show now, is for another day. <laughs> <laughs> One thing about the Sonic X comic, um, was it like a common thing to have like one comic like that was like, like a franchise having a comic that was telling its own story, also have a side comic come out that was adapting the new threat, new hotness, the new continuity? Because I feel like you would see that in some things. Like, you've got the main one, and then you've got, like, uh, I don't know, <laughs> uh, Transformers New and Tasty or whatever was coming out at the time. Yeah, no, like, that is literally what happened for a lot of uh, Transformers shows, is they would have, you know, their main comic, and then they would do, like, either a mini series or an ongoing to tie in with whatever was on TV at the time, like... Or even if it wasn't that, it might have been, you know, something like what happened with Dreamwave and their Armada comic, where it was like, yeah, we've got the main G1 series, but then we've also got the Armada comic that is not really tying in with the show, just doing its own thing, but it's it's still promoting the current line, so it still counts. That's interesting, because, like, you've got two different continuities going on in Sonic comics, but I guess there are going to be kids who are just like, well, there's that Sonic one, but there's also the Sonic that I've seen on TV, and that's the one I want, I guess. As seen on TV! (laughs) I was trying to think of an example in my limited experience with the Big Cape comics, because that usually happens in reverse, whereas they will start a side comic, and then that gets adapted into, like, a cartoon, like your Ultimate Spider-Mans or whatnot. Yeah, but every once in a while, it would be the other way around, where it's like, you know, you have obviously the main DC universe, but then you'll have, like, an ongoing based on, like, Batman the Animated Series or something. Yeah, or Batman Beyond, or, um, yeah. uh, I mean, even recently, I feel like they expanded it into, like, a more limited series than just a miniseries, but, like, comics based on, like, Batman 89, like, literally the, the Michael Keaton uh, yeah. movies and whatnot. And I, I, I guess that's just so much more well understood than, like, uh, 25 years ago of an alternate universe. Like, you know, the, the biggest movies in the world have alternate universes or multiverses now. And so, yeah, I mean, I I was I was not a child when these comics were coming coming out. I was an older teenager. And so, like, fully understood the different Sonics by that point. But, yeah, I, I, I don't think it's that uncommon. And then we know that it's okay to have this other comic happening, which is with a really funny, silly thing that they do with a character. And I like that. Because <laughs> it's funny, um, 
like we were just spent our last episode talking about Dr. Eggman and I'm sure that has nothing to do with this but um just for example say like we have like one version of that character and then we have a different version of that character that maybe uh, might be a little softer and have a, a, a more complicated um I don't know <laughs> a, a different perspective on things yeah a more complicated relationship with his role as the evil villain mm-hmm. <laughs> but I guess oh, we're going to get into that Yes, so I think, are we ready to jump right in? Let's do this. I have been ready for a very long time. (laughs) (laughs) So first up, we have issue 26 of Sonic X, Um, and now I'm I'm making it to a point whenever we reread these comics to make sure whether I am digging out my physical versions or, or digital versions that I have the full scans with all of the ads and notes and fan art and everything, just in case that is... That is worth talking about. Yes. Got a great cover by uh, by Patrick Spaziente here with, I mean, it's it's like, sorry for the audio format. You got to go look this one up. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's really good introducing us to the El Gran Gordo character, which he sure looks familiar, doesn't he, folks? But I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, notice I'm Chris Thorndike. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, I love Chris in these. He is the, okay, what is the... What the wrestling lingo? What is the positive word for a mark? Like, uh, the, I mean, there, is there one? Is it just is he being a mark, or is he just he is filled with childlike wonder and is totally buying him a into fan. it? Okay, but he, okay, but, but Chris is a huge mark in this one. <laughs> <laughs> he is. I am giving the benefit of the doubt to this. He is a he is a child. <laughs> it's fine, you know. It's, I mean, it's, he's a kid, so it's fine. But it's like you're. It's okay for him to be like taken in by this. Yeah. Like you can use Mark affectionate in brackets. You know? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I you know given given the the internet's opinion on Chris Thorndick as a whole, I think it's okay just to call him a dirty Mark. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it would also kind of be in line with how we have portrayed him over the years. Yeah. <laughs> That is what lights up his life, is fully throwing himself into the semi-fictional worlds of entertainment. On the inside cover, an ad for Viva Pinata, Pinata Party, Party Animals. Animals on Xbox Live, baby! <laughs> it, it was real bad. Oh, was it? Yeah, no, that, that was the party game spinoff that Rare did not make. Let us oh. never speak of it again. <laughs> but we do have the the first story we are going to be talking about is titled La Leyenda del Gran Gordo, The Legend of the Great Big Guy, which was written by Ian Flynn, cover by Patrick Speziente, as we've said, pencils by James Fry, inks by Terry Austin, letters by Phil Felix, and colors by Josh Ray. And uh, I thought it was interesting that aside from um, the cover and the writer, like a lot of different credit, um, almost like completely different credits for each of these four issues yeah there's there's a little bit of variance between each one just little subtle ways i think this might appear on almost every issue of sonic x but you do get a little uh editorial box at the top that says sonic the hedgehog and friends were sent to earth by one of dr eggman's machines sonic and his friends have made a home and a name for themselves on earth dr eggman has been trying to conquer this new world until Until now now. (laughs) it's kind of funny they were doing something similar for a while in the archie comics themselves where they had to be like in this wacky new world set that is separate from the world of the games they have to actually say that they did yes (laughs) 
because they got so far away from what the games were. <laughs> yeah, and I, I guess that makes sense at this point because, again, there had not been, you know, new Sonic X episodes for a hot minute by the time this issue came out. Yeah. yeah. Just to get, give new readers and also, like, new fa- comic fans, like, hey, yeah. that's the plot of the show. This issue um, cover dated uh, November 7th, 2007, for the record. Oh, wow. Okay. Thank you. Oh. Thank you. So after that editorial, we begin the comic with uh, both Chris and his grandpa watching the TV, and we see the muscular, the mean, the not-so-lean figure of El Gran Gordo on screen, and them cheering him on while Sonic's abnormally long tongue is out. <laughs> yeah, it's he's, he's expressing his disapproval by sticking his tongue out about, well, yes, didn't, didn't know. After that, we have probably like you know the the very general discussion between a wrestling fan and a non-wrestling fan saying do you know it's all fake right and then chris uh, uh, proceeds to bite off sonic's head about it yeah no total mark <laughs> but what makes this especially good is that sonic's wrong here <laughs> in this world apparently uh the pro wrestling is 100 percent legitimate yeah, that is funny. I feel like that happens in a lot of like cartoons and media that adapts pro wrestling where like, oh no, it, it turns out it is real. Like the it's not written or predetermined, like from what I understand. <laughs> well, that's kind of what's funny about it, because obviously both fictional worlds, like the, the fictional world of television and the fictional world of pro wrestling. But also so they can usually have that thing where the where the main character's like, oh, pro wrestling, that's all fake. And then he gets in the ring and it gets destroyed because it's real, actually. Uh-oh. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> I mean, it could be that all of uh, Goro's opponents think that, like, the whole thing's set up the way it should be, you know, like, they've got their, they've got their scripts they're following and whatever. And then he's just like... No, no, this is how it's actually. You just worked yourself into a shoe, brother. It <laughs> <laughs> doesn't work for me, brother. The old classic Hulk Hogan. Yeah, well, oh, I like how boy. we see, you know, El Gran Gordo taking down Wooly right here. Oh my gosh. You know, I, what I was going to ask, is this is this wrestler based on no, anybody? And all I could think I, of was it does look like. I don't think like it is. Wooly after he got super jacked. <laughs> God bless you, Wooly. <laughs> Sonic just continuing to be a real, a real, am I using it correctly? He's being a real jabroni, like pushing back against Chris and just not letting anyone have fun. <laughs> well, the, the term jabroni usually is another word for like jobber or something. Someone, I got gotcha. you. Know, you can, you, but you can use that. Like for a while, it became like popularized by The Rock for a while because he he brought back this old fashioned term and when he's calling everyone a jabroni, everyone he didn't like. So you know <laughs> yeah. what? I'm sure there was a time when all pro wrestling fans were calling each other jabronis. <laughs> Sonic yeah. does become a jabroni later in the story. That's yes, true. It's true. Chris, you know, attempting to, you know, chokehold Sonic is interrupted by Chuck being like, okay, okay, break, break it up. I got you a couple of tickets to the show. So let's, uh, let's see this for real. (laughs) I just love that Sonic's like insisting that, but, but look, he's out of shape. He's, he shouldn't be able to be a wrestler. I'm like, obviously Sonic, you haven't watched some of the finest wrestlers of our time. Like, (laughs) like, Like Big Van Vader and, and Kevin Owens and all the other portly gentlemen who make great professional wrestlers and athletes. Oh yes. 
I also have to point out that it was uh, Chris's father who got them tickets to the match. And maybe if Chris's parents were more present in his life, they might be concerned about some of the actions he's copying from the media he's, he's watching. <laughs> Obviously, whatever the wrestling league that this is, they don't have those little uh, cautionary ads telling you not to try it at home, which I always I always love those. They don't show it, but I would imagine they are they're doing some irresponsible, like unguarded chair hits in this league. <laughs> oh, they're absolutely like hitting each other over the head with a steel chair. This was pre <laughs> to the days of them like caring about like CTE and stuff like that. So hopefully, in both Sonic and this world, they probably just have a a, a video that plays every time before a match of uh, Nacho Libre going. It is in the Bible not to wrestle your neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> As Chris is bragging about, you know. There's only two tickets, Sonic. You won't get to see how awesome El Gran Gordo is in person. And then the Sonic got an idea. An awful idea. <laughs> There's those wonderful. teeth, those Sonic X smile yeah. teeth. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll just see about that, Chris. <laughs> Cut to the red carpet leading to El Gran Gordo's lavish trailer. As he is flanked by... Two promoters that are definitely not Deco and Boko disguised as no. Don King and Mickey from Rocky. No, absolutely <laughs> That's not. who it was, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, just saw the, someone in the crowd is just holding a sign that says, uh, you're fat in bubble letters, yeah. which, uh, and also <laughs> and you, you smell, smell funny. funny. I just noticed that too. <laughs> Those are some haters in the back because all the other signs are very positive. We love Grand Gordo. About the level of sophistication you expect from wrestling fan signs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, not re- not really. I was going to say, if it was a proper, you know, wrestling fan sign, it'd be something like Fire Emblem is better than Persona 5. <laughs> I'm sorry, of, of, the, of the modern day, certainly. During this time period, though, um, yeah. Can we go back to the, the golden age where someone holding a sign at a wrestling event saying Waluigi rules was like peak <laughs> and we didn't progress farther than that? I'm still waiting for somebody to hold up a sign that says, Little Karibo, please bring back the Mark Remark. <laughs> God, just looking at, sorry, when we're on the subject of wrestling signs, it always reminds me of that, like, wrestling secrets revealed, uh, like, the secrets of magicians revealed, but for pro wrestling. And it was narrated by Salem from Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Condescendingly talking <laughs> about pro wrestling. about that. Every wrestling match is filled with explosive action. Violence looks real because the man in the ring employs secret tricks to make it look a lot more dangerous than it really is. And this is bit where, and this is this blatantly untrue part where the fans come in and they're given a bunch of signs to hold up. And he's like, "You didn't think they really brought all those signs from home, did you?" Anyway, that's funny. Such, don't worry, she's a stunt granny. If you want to see some really good. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. Like, we get it. As, as much as I wish Stone Cold Steve Austin had beaten Vince McMahon to death with a bedpan, we know it's not. <laughs> but it sure feels good to watch. <laughs> yeah, it does. I love it really that does. Clip. <laughs> I mean, I watch that clip sometimes, especially now because I'm like, Haha, he got hit for real. What a jackass. Uh, <laughs> But uh, as as uh, El Gran Gordo is going down the red carpet, being flanked by fans and finally getting shoved into his trailer, uh, we have a moment where I'm just now realizing that Boko is pulling the mask off of Eggman instead of punching him because I thought the first time I thought he was right, punching him. Yeah. And, and I made a note yeah. of like, It Whoa. does look rather violent. Yeah. <laughs> 
I even made a note of like, whoa, it's weird to see a minion of Eggman slap him back. <laughs> but no, he's pulling the mask <laughs> off. Uh, Eggman, Eggman insists that he's not getting too carried away while Deco is trying to remind him that all the funds he's getting from being a wrestler are to financially gain him into a bigger, better Sonic stomping robot. Yes. I, I love the running gag in the comics that Eggman does not understand the concept of paper currency <laughs> in Sonic X's version of the United States. So yes, they refer to it as green slips of paper <laughs> instead of the infinite resources that they have back home on Sonic's world. I love also that on this page near the near the bottom of it, we have Bokun underneath the bed looking like my sleep paralysis demon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was another thing that the, the Sonic X comics introduced was Bokun's addiction to sugary foods. Uh, I don't <laughs> think that was ever in the show. Bokun just kind of so. showed up whenever they needed him in the show. Huh? <laughs> Gave him a little extra character depth is a insane robot child uh, addicted <laughs> to candy and sweets. Oh boy, let me tell you, the ads in this for video games of the time, like MLB Power Pros for the Wii by 2K Sports and Konami, and the Ben 10 live-action Cartoon Network movie Race Against Time. Very much of a period. Yeah, I, I have to imagine that, you know... El Gran Gordo's making a pretty penny just based on the licensing rights alone. Like I saw a bunch of folks wearing, you know, T-shirts with his face on it in that uh, previous page. So there's got to be a little bit there. Well, it all depends on the company, really, doesn't it? Because there's, That's a, true. there's a good chance that, you know, if he's running for like a, a, <laughs> a Stanford based organization, they'd be making a lot of that money themselves. At the end of the day, though, T-shirt like T-shirt sales are a big deal in professional wrestling for real. That's why John Cena was coming out with a different colored shirt every other week. <laughs> I don't want to think about the logistics of that for Dr. Eggman as a, a literal alien to this society when the uh, the time comes around to pay his taxes. Maybe if, if they didn't go back to Sonic's world, that's what would have finally brought down Dr. Eggman. <laughs> it's just going to get caponed. <laughs> as we discover, Eggman is winning all of his matches because... His cape sequins are actually nanomachines, son. And they've been fastening themselves to his opponents and using a giant super magnet beneath the ring to pull them down to be pinned. But, you know, as as evil schemes go, you know, it it works. Relatively harmless. we, We are getting to with this realizing that Eggman, this is kind of just something he is want to do and not just to to you know acquire resources to to build the Eggman empire i mean that's kind of like we talked about this a little bit during our last episode but you know that's one kind of the finding traits of Eggman is that he is and always has been a showman if he's going to do something he is going to do it in the most grandiose fashion possible Especially at this part in Sonic X, which I think I think it plays pretty fast and loose with the continuity as far as yeah. all of these take place just before the ending of the first series, quote unquote, where they, they go back to Sonic's world. It's basically like 
everything happens, you know, in between episodes of the first season until it stops being like that. I, exactly. <laughs> Although this is where also where Bokun uh, reveals himself from out from under this um, chair, uh, literally swimming in sugary cotton candy. <laughs> There's a, a panel here on this page where he's looking almost directly into the camera after. So Boko says, you really need to lay off the sweets, Bokun. That much sugar will warp your brain. And then he says, which reminds me incredibly of Jim Carrey from Ace Ventura. (laughs) It's hard not to imagine that's not what they're going for, or at least like, you know, the way a, a, a child that is either really sleepy or yeah, on a sugar high just is like slurring their speech like a drunk man. (laughs) Yeah, no, he he has gone full Cheshire cat in this uh, panel here. Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah, the, the the art really shines on on Bokun. Oh yes, Bokun woke up this morning and chose sugary violence. <laughs> Did we ever take time to discuss like Bokun and Deco and Boku? Because anyone watching our a bridge series that this channel was made for essentially not that you might forget about that these days uh but <laughs> you know um the, the what these guys actually are because i think we briefly mentioned them in our eggman episode but they are basically the scratch grounder and coconuts of this of the of sonic x itself and the comics yeah they sure are like like bokun which is something I probably should have done, uh, you know, actually researched before this. You know, I think he gets referred to a lot as the messenger robo, and then as Bokun is kind of shorthand. Deco and Boko are literally Eggman's, like, sidekicks. They're they're with him in his cockpit and all of his, his uh, uh, various flying fortresses. They are the scratch and grounder or Cubot and Orbot of Sonic X. But yeah, Bokun is, he is literally the little messenger robot that brings Eggman's, uh, like, challenge challenges to Sonic and friends like for the first dozen episodes or so of Sonic X and then just kind of settles into being like a silly little gag every once in a while because his uh, messenger TVs tend to explode (laughs) after you're done watching them. He's a funny little anime character because he had this design. I'm not sure, even sure what's going on with this design. He's almost got like little devil horns, I think. Yeah. Yeah, almost like a, I mean, it kind of looks like a Felix the Cat. Like we pointed out that Deco and Boko are literally just from some other anime. I wonder if Bokun is also not like supposed to be designed off of like something, something else that the reference is just lost on me. If he is, I have not been able to track down what that reference is, but it wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past it considering Eggman literally pilots the Mazinger Z at one point. Yeah. I like his, um, his mermaid man belt. (laughs) (laughs) I hope he doesn't turn it to Wumbo. Eggman is being like, I know the plan. I remember the plan, but secretly he's, I think he's really getting off on the attention. Like he likes being, he likes being El Gran Gordo. He's actually like super into it, even beyond the evil schemes he is as they say living the gimmick and uh, he, he, is, <laughs> he is believing his own hype as Deco says <laughs> yeah that's a good phrase i love that and then there's a knock at the door the ad for avatar the burning earth the one where you can get a thousand <laughs> achievement points in five minutes <laughs> rest in well rest in piss thq <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it is Scarlet Garcia here for an interview with El Gran Gordo. Uh, quite taken by him, apparently, just judging by the flushed cheeks. Uh, and <laughs> and you the know cameraman what? in I the back. I can see it. 
I can see it. Like, look at this guy. Like, look at the look at the sexual energy coming from this man. <laughs> oh, yeah. We get a couple pages back. He's he's flexing in front of the mirror, and like he's got some pretty big biceps. Like, you know, and and we will see in later stories. Like, he's not all hot air. <laughs> yeah. No, like I don't know. It's the confidence, isn't it? Like, even if he's wearing a mask, there's there's a lot going for him. As far as Eggman's physical strength go, um, you could ask um, Dr. Starline and Serge the Tendrick what happens when he gets a hold of you and you're a three foot tall furry character. It's true. <laughs> I've just noticed this, by the way. I've just noticed that when he pulls the mask down, his his moustache sort of comes down in the Fu Manchu, a bit like Hulk Hogan. <laughs> it sure <laughs> does, doesn't it? That's all part of the disguise, right? It is. If if the moustache came up, then everyone will be like, oh, it's Eggman. But when it's (laughs) down, it might as well be another guy. I absolutely love that when when Scarlett Garcia is here to get his opinion on his latest challenger, that the next page is just a full page illustration of I don't even know what what do you call this like you know like old boxing posters I know wrestling has done it but just a full uninterrupted page I'm gonna print this out and put it on my wall <laughs> yeah like, like a a, fi- a playbill sort of thing yeah that kind yes, of yes yeah. playbill of announcing uh, the worldwide hero Sonic the Hedgehog versus the overnight superstar El Gran Gordo charity fight. One night only in Station Square. Presented by Thorndike Industries. So after that that full page uh, playbill spread, we have uh, we have Chris extremely excited to see, quote unquote, my two biggest idols in the world getting ready to go one on one. And Sonic, he, as he does, especially in Sonic <laughs> X, is just taking it easy, not really thinking much of it. And then we get Knuckles. <laughs> and <Yeah>! Knuckles. Knock, <laughs> knock. Uh, knock, knock. And then um, over, the next, uh, over the next page after that, we get um, a motif that kind of appears in, in the next few issues that we talk about today that I really enjoy from a narrative perspective where we have kind of parallel um uh, panels going back and forth of characters not only doing the same thing but even like the same dialogue happening at the same time uh, example the very first two panels of this next page are push a hedgehog do you want him to walk all over you and then Deco says this is a disaster he'll walk all over us so yeah. <laughs> it's, it, it's it's a parallel training montage with Sonic and El Gran Gordo yes <laughs> I can't believe this! My two biggest idols! The world's greatest heroes! One on one! Don't geek out too much, Chris. I really don't think it'll last too long. It won't with a lazy attitude like that! I've seen this Gordo guy in action. He's tough. If you want to stand a prayer of a chance, you need to get in shape. And I'm just the guy to train you. Oh, for the love of... Push it, Hedgehog! Do you want him to walk all over you? This is a disaster! He'll walk all over us! Work it, Hedgehog! Would you want this to be over in one round? We're doomed! It'll be over in one round! Pick up the pace, Hedgehog! The big fight is tomorrow night! It's all over for us! The big fight is tomorrow night! Good job, Sonic! I think you stand a chance now! If you're quite finished, find out where Bokun is with dinner. Oh, Station Square, you look so shiny and pretty. Like candy, you're going to be all mine. I just love that Knuckles invited himself for this bit. 
<laughs> yes, just, he 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 just bursts onto the scene with a megaphone just just in the middle of Chris's living room. <laughs> I feel like of anybody in like the core Sonic cast, I feel that Knuckles is probably the biggest wrestling fan, and he probably believes that all of it is one hundred percent real. <laughs> yeah. Knuckles as like the warrior male perspective on wrestling of just <laughs> beautiful muscular illustration of machismo and love. <laughs> Although I think it's interesting that after just one day of training, Knuckles says, good job, Sonic. I think you stand a chance now. I guess he only he really only needed just the one day of training. <laughs> so the next night, it's the big match and... Uh, We've got Chuck and Chris decked out in El Gran Gordo merch, including some stylish El Gran Gordo shoes on Chuck there. Yeah, yeah. some penny (laughs) penny loafers with his mask and mustache. All right, quick question. Do we think that Chuck actually buys into this stuff, or is he just doing this to connect with his grandson? Uh, Probably a little column A, column B. I always like that Chuck... Chuck is... I mean, on the sad end, Chuck is the parent that Chris always needed <laughs> that, that yes, takes him on adventures and treats him like an actual child and, and not a, th- and, 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 you know, does not abandon him for long periods of time. I think Chuck's probably pretty bought into it. You know, like it, there, there isn't a panel. Uh, he doesn't explicitly say it, but you know, when Sonic is like, oh, it's fake. Like, you know, Sonic's lucky Chuck didn't take him aside. Like, look, Sonic, don't, don't take this away from him. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like uh... and another thing about Santa Claus. <laughs> <sighs> I'll start building a sled. <laughs> Hey, that's an issue we're not talking about today. Oh, wait, you're right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, everybody's getting into it. Bokun's, you know, hanging out of the snack bar, stuffing his face. Yeah, you you know, he just walked up security, said, "Uh, I'm Sonic the Hedgehog's trainer. He said, well, he is a talking (laughs) animal, so okay. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They do have special privileges from the President of the United States. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so what entrance music do you think these guys come out to? That's what I want to say. I mean, Sonic comes out too. It doesn't matter. We know this. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So probably, yeah, probably the Adventure Two version. Yeah, It'd be be more in line with this this peppy peppy version. Yeah, you obviously can't do the Eggman theme. So no, maybe the instrumental version. <laughs> Would anyone know? <laughs> so it just gets just a like a Latino cover of it, you know, <laughs> like a Latin yeah, style. Yeah, some mariachi guitar. I was going to say, yeah, he probably comes out to some sort of like mariachi, like, but high energy song that has the word like huevos in it or something like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yes, we get the the grand introductions to our, our fighters of the evening, Sonic the Hedgehog and El Gran Gordo. Uh, and we also get to see Dico and Boko being sneaky and making sure the super magnet is ready underneath the mat. So without further ado, Sonic just goes straight for it uh, with 
what may be a lethal buzzsaw spin. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to say. He's not powered up with a ring, so maybe a a a, a less than full power <laughs> sonic spin here. <laughs> Um, but immediately with that move, Sonic's already got those nano machines on him that uh, will quickly <laughs> <laughs> that will quickly bring him down. And Eggman goes, or sorry, El Gran Gordo goes for it as quickly as possible. Unfortunately, to his dismay, Sonic is able to dodge out of the way, constantly befuddling El Gran Gordo. I do like this one line from Sonic confirms that uh, Eggman's Spanish pronunciation is pretty bad. And, you know, I would think Sonic would know, like living living with Ella, like she probably probably teaches the boys right, like how to properly say all that. But yeah, I just I just love now in retrospect reading Grand Gordo's dialogue, which is like the most Peggy Hill, maybe not <laughs> totally mangled, but still like Peggy Hill ass pronunciation. <laughs> so no lie reading this. Like whenever he was saying Spanish words, I was thinking of your impression, Jeremy, of Eggman also saying Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> Ole! <laughs> I mean, he's probably doing his best attempt at a Mexican accent. It's probably really offensive. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you have to picture, okay, Sonic X Eggman alone in his base, like reading Wikipedia all day and like just refusing to do any better than that (laughs) well it wouldn't be the first case of a pro wrestler putting on a fake uh, ethnicity for the sake of having a gimmick so yeah (laughs) yes we're saying it's it's it is a a lighter tone of the the problematic history of professional wrestling as a whole (laughs) everyone remember yokozuna the uh japanese sumo who was actually a samoan man that's oh boy etc etc yes and so on and so forth and so many years kofi kingston <laughs> oh my god <laughs> you know about kofi kingston he was jamaican for a while <laughs> jafakin <laughs> sonic gets hit with the sequins and he starts to get pulled down realizes what's happening and he's like nope and immediately starts shaking the sequins off the cape onto El Gran Gordo himself. So they're both having trouble moving as a result. Which leads to, you know, Deco and Boca being like, okay, we need to fix this. But Knuckles comes down and spots them. But immediately the fight starts up again because something has chewed through the power cord. And, you know, I do enjoy uh, an actual physical fight between Eggman and Sonic. <laughs> you, just, you just don't see that generally. Yeah. No, not enough. Uh, I'm always going to think of that one time that <laughs> Eggman just socked him right in the face in Archie that one time, and it was yep. the funniest <laughs> thing in the world. <laughs> yep. I mean, even right here on the, the big uh, page with the fight, he gives the old, it's now the Eggman go-to of grab one of these little fur balls by their skinny little noodle legs and slam them into the ground. <laughs> I mean, yeah. But he, you would, wouldn't you? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's it's right there. Of course, Sonic gets, you know, Sonic gets the upper hand, not like sends him to the ropes and immediately takes him down. And that's where we get the height of drama. <laughs> yes. so, so what Sonic is about to do here is about to like, like be really disrespectful to the culture of, of luchadors in Mexico. If this was in Mexico, this would be an automatic disqualification. You're not allowed to take their masks off. That's a big part of their identity. But uh, yeah, Sonic is reaching down to pull for El Gran Gordo's mask to reveal that he's actually Eggman under there. But then, something happens. Go Sonic! 
end this farce. Sonic, wait! Let me stay, El Gran Gordo, and our feud is over. Please, let me stay their hero. Oh, no. Ah, no good can come of this. You mean it? We have a winner! Let's hear it for the gracious Sonic the Hedgehog! Very classy, Sonic. You could have unmasked him in a total victory. Yeah, but letting him keep it was a victory in its own way. Besides, what harm could it do? So the doctor leaves with his dignity. Ha! It doesn't matter at this point, for the Empire is mine now! Yeah! And we get the saddest <laughs> face on Chris Thorndike I have ever seen. Sonic <laughs> locks eyes with him in the crowd and the tears just start flowing. <laughs> this is right up there with Golden Book's tales. <laughs> just the height of sadness. This is right up there with, with when Sonic had to leave this, leave Earth in uh, Sonic X itself. <laughs> uh, I know. Opinions uh, opinions on the whole on Chris Thorndike as a character aside, like this child is having his heart broken. <laughs> <laughs> my best friend's defeating my hero. I do like the line right after right after that from Sonic. He just says no good can come of this. <laughs> That's pretty dire line from Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> to his credit, though, you know, Eggman is appreciative. He's he's playing to the crowd. He's like, Sonic is the winner. The gracious hero, blah, blah, blah. Ah, oh, man. Like, I'm just trying to, like, I'm sure the crowd is into just seeing these guys, but that's such an unsatisfactory finish. I think, imagine people are going on to Reddit after this, like, cannot believe they pulled this. Whereas, <laughs> with no proper conclusion, no one got over. Disgusted. <laughs> but unbeknownst to everybody, watching the mask is Bokun, who has not just had a taste of a little too much sugar, he's had a taste of the villain's life and he likes it. Oh. <laughs> I don't even know where he got this uh, fake beard. Literally twirling a mustache. Ass. Yes. A mustache. Yeah, a real mustache goatee combo of like a cartoon devil. Like, <laughs> okay, I'm specifically thinking of of the devil um, from... Uh, no, I was, well, yes, but also I was going to say the classic mystery science theater, um, the Santa Claus, oh, yeah. where, <laughs> where oh the God. literal Christian devil is trying to sabotage uh, Santa Claus, bringing to pres- uh, presents to the good children in uh, Mexico, I believe. It almost sounded like you were going to say bringing them <laughs> depression. <laughs> well, if you've ever seen that movie, it's, yeah, yeah it might as well be. <laughs> it's a lot. I, I love the next issue preview. Next issue, who is the cape? If you missed the clue in this issue, you may need to pay closer attention. <laughs> <laughs> there, there are some pretty good like little notes in in this in in these books that are little extra jokes like that. Yeah, they they never actually explicitly say, but yeah, it was totally Boku who chewed through the cables. Like who else? Who else would just eat? Uh, Probably thought random. they were black licorice. Oh, I was going to say yeah, Twizzlers, yeah. <laughs> and our comic ends with an ad for the Walmart exclusive Chibi Robo Park Patrol and Nice Journey to Dreams. Hey, remember Nights? No. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so we jump forward to the next issue, number 27 Conquest is Like a Box of Chocolates. Written by Ian Flynn, cover art by Patrick Spaziante, pencils by Stephen Butler, inks by Terry Austin, letters by John Workman, and colors by Josh Ray. I really like this cover. It's It's got that old school serial film cheese to it. It's just very good. 
I like the the very background is just like a big old splat of Nickelodeon slime. Yeah, <laughs> that is very very lovingly <laughs> rendered. <laughs> Eggman is still playing up the El Gran Gordo thing this time for. He's literally performing a match for representatives of the United Nations, including the president. Because, uh, yeah. you know. I wish our real world UN was this cool to just go watch a wrestling match. <laughs> this is the kind of world that what WWE imagines itself to be. Where, <laughs> yeah, the UN wants us to perform for them. That, that would solve all of our problems. War is abolished. Only wrestling. <laughs> it's all going to lead to Eggman getting his own wrestling themed city like that one Scooby-Doo movie. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I know, I know on our version of Sonic F, we lean into the inherent goofiness of that series as president, but here he is literally a, hey, he is also a huge mark for El Gran Gordo. <laughs> him and who I'm pretty sure is Agent Flipsy next to him. Oh, yeah, you're Agent right. Flipsy. <laughs> I think that is Agent Flipsy. <laughs> if it's okay, I'd like to mention one thing about the previous issue that I forgot to bring up. Please. So when we got um, Sonic and El Gran Gordo's uh, intros, the announcer mentioned their weight in kilograms. And so I got curious and I looked it up. They introduced (laughs) Sonic as 35 kilograms, which in American pounds, the superior unit of measurement, obviously. Don't get it started. (laughs) uh, In pounds, he is 77.1. Actually, if you round up, 77.2 pounds, which how do we feel about that measurement of weight for Sonic? (laughs) <laughs> I mean, he's like three feet tall. That tracks. Yeah. I think I Sonic think wavers between like official. If you're going by like, I remember like Sonic Adventure guidebooks, and I think even stuff on like the official Sonic channel. I think that's about it. I think Sonic usually clocks in at about three foot one and like seventy five to seventy seven pounds. So yeah. that that was probably pulled from somewhere. I mean, this is Ian. He probably looked it up. Yeah. I guess, exactly. Even back then. I just wonder what sort of weight class that would be. That's like super lightweight or super lightweight or something like that. (laughs) Uh, Not not, like, good thing this isn't actually boxing or anything, because I did, you know, you wouldn't have Eggman versus Sonic in those those sort of circumstances. Yeah, no. Unless you're playing the official Olympic Games. (laughs) Yeah. But uh, I think, to me, even more surprising is Eggman's uh, weight of 128 kilograms, or in American pounds, 282.2 pounds, which that's, like, as much as, you know, there's plenty of, these days not so much, but, like, over the years there's been plenty of jokes about, like, haha, Eggman, fat, and that, like, especially for him being a wrestler in this series... And I, I promise when I say this, this is not derogatory. This is just kind of the slang I've heard every now and then from different workout routines and stuff. Uh, I, I feel like some people would consider Eggman, quote unquote, fat fit, which I think tracks, especially with some of the moves that he's pulling off in the ring. And I I just think this is a really interesting real world measurement to this fictional character. <laughs> well, he does have a pronounced belly, but his arms and legs are quite skinny. So maybe that's... And plus, I imagine there's quite a bit of muscle. But although they're going to muscle, muscle weighs more than fat. Oh, so. yes, absolutely. Mm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I And as far as I know, like, that also tracks with, like, official quote-unquote stats of Dr. Eggman, that he is about six feet tall and is about 280 in pounds. And, yeah, he just carries it all in his tummy. <laughs> <laughs> he probably eats fairly healthy, but just a little too much. <laughs> 
I mean, have you seen him book it around the Chow Garden? Like, oh yeah, <laughs> he's <laughs> Yosh. He doesn't exactly get tired. I I think he can. He's pretty good. Maybe he's like an alligator. He can kick it in for about fifteen <laughs> seconds in a straight line. <laughs> oh man, I love that. Yes, thank you, thank you, Jake. I appreciate that. <laughs> those translating those stats for us. I do want to mention that this is where in Sonic X in the main book that. Uh, penciler Stephen Butler basically changes his entire art style for how he draws Sonic characters and I really like it. I think I've said that every time Stephen Butler comes up to where he kind of struggled. Um, he did kind of the old superhero comics thing where um, you know all of these Sonic characters looked okay and all the background characters were just like there yeah predated that but looked like the um, you know the modern adaption of cats (laughs) (laughs) where people people with various furry features that didn't really fit with the Sonic uh, style guide but no this is where his art starts to look really good in um, in uh, Sonic books yeah Somebody somebody talk about Deco dressed as a well, I'm not gonna say it. Oh my god, a chicken nugget. <laughs> <laughs> we got it. He is the, the uh, actually that's the mighty morsel. Eggman's oppo- sorry, El Gran Gordo's opponent tonight, apparently. I mean charitably the most charitable reading is he might be a meatball. <laughs> Even though I mean, he claims he's supposed to be a chicken nugget. <laughs> Well, also very funny that the only reason he has donned this persona is because he needs to speak to Dr. Eggman. <laughs> <laughs> well, they just needed a jobber tonight, so they brought this yeah, guy. Yeah. <laughs> I got my own costume and everything. <laughs> Eggman has gotten so invested in the persona that he has just like basically given up on world conquest at this point. <laughs> Well, I believe that was part of his truce with Sonic is he did agree to to lay off it as as as, you know, in trade for not being unmasked. Um, I (laughs) he doesn't even recognize Deco. Well, you know, tunnel vision when you're in the ring. (laughs) Yes, he's so he is like like uh, Deco himself said in the last issue, he is bought into his own hype. Um, I do love him announcing his moves as he does them there's uh there's that anime style yeah yell your attack name also a little <laughs> bit knikuman if we're going like wrestling style yeah just, like, so uh, as he yells out flying gordito smasher <laughs> which, is, uh, which seems to just good. be him jumping on it I, I it's actually hard to tell what this move is i was hoping to be able to translate it but he just kind of dives at him and then uh, grabs him in a reverse pin of sorts. Yep, just like a big tackle, I suppose. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I imagine it's like a forward lunge, and then he swings his lower half of his body down to not only trip them, but also do that reverse pin, like he said. And then he picks him up and just slams him on the ground. <laughs> yep. yeah. Yes, not not letting him finish his sentence. He is he is trying to explain that there's something with Bokun. But then, of course, we cut to Miss um, Frizzle. <laughs> yes okay so this we, is boko we need to talk about this <laughs> boko is trying trying to infiltrate the thorndike compound to speak with sonic and ella answers the door and man i don't know somebody's gotta know why okay for like the first half of the sonic x comics they straight up color ella incorrectly so ella the character for the maid character from sonic x is well, she has a different skin tone to this in the, the show, I believe. 
Yeah, very hard not to turn to this page and then, you know, the famous line from Mean Girls, why are you white? (laughs) (laughs) She's very pale, has carrot (laughs) carrot colored orange hair and just does not look like the same character um i don't know who was in charge of of making sure the the you know the colors were correct but they they done goofed on uh all of these issues we'll be looking at they eventually got it right as ella started to like be a more like recurring presence in the comics um she has a pretty funny running gag where it's implied that dr eggman has a crush on her (laughs) which is pretty it's it's very sweet i'm not laughing like deriding like it's it's fun but uh yeah her colors are all fucked up (laughs) (laughs) very much so boko's trying various disguises in order to get let in he starts as a uh reporter (laughs) a uh (laughs) a door-to-door hairbrush salesman (laughs) the postman and then uh i love the would you like to buy some thin mints and support the girl bots of america (laughs) (laughs) and then and then he finally comes clean and says he needs to speak to sonic because the leaders of the world are endangered and ella's like oh we should have just said so darling (laughs) <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Blasted human morals. Who can resist thin mints? Nobody. <laughs> I guess because he was made by a villain to be a fellow villain, like he just couldn't grasp the concept of just being an honest person and asking for Sonic's help. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, up till now, I'm sure most of their, like, any time they have to interact with Sonic, it has to be some sort of scheme or something like that. But also, their creator has just recently been donning like disguises a lot, so I guess it's it's just running in the family now. <laughs> Literally programmed into the family. <laughs> <laughs> so Sonic is chi- hey, like you said earlier, uh, Sonic X Sonic is chilling on the couch, taking a nap, and <laughs> greets Boko and. Unlike uh, El Gran Gordo, does not lift him up above his head and slam him into the ground. And so let's Boko explain that it's not Eggman they're worried about. Uh, it's someone else. As we cut back to the stadium, as um, uh, oh, this is there's a name for this move that <laughs> Gran Gordo is giving poor. It's some uh, sort of surfboard here. here. I think he's uh, applying. <laughs> Ouch! Uh, I just love how much. <laughs> He's he's just still going. He's like, hey, he's got to give the the fans a show, so he's going to beat the ever loving shit out of his <laughs> creation. Yeah, he's going to break this nugget. I love as as Bokun as the evil cape makes himself known. Um, starts quoting. Um, it's Zero Wing, isn't it? The 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 intro to Zero Wing. Yes, slightly paraphrased. Yep, slightly par- paraphrased with "I have set up the trap. No chance to escape. Take your time." <laughs> Then a, How are you, gentlemen? Tremble before your new leader! I am Emperor Super Awesome Mega Brilliant Shiny Eki 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 Kating Zowie with a cherry on top, Boku! So many adjectives describes himself as uh, Emperor Bokun. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, I, you know what, I love it. Like, I made a note saying that, like, Bokun as the villain here is very Saturday morning cartoon in a good way. And also, yes. the oh, yes. the inclusion of literally the words with a cherry on top is something that I said as a kid to, like, put emphasis on something. <laughs> and that's very kid-like, uh, and I love yes. it. Yes, <laughs> that, that, that really does seem like something out of a, a, a very particular Saturday morning cartoon. And also 
also, yeah, the fact that Bokun, I mean, Bokun is meant to be like a, a, a goofy little kid as well. And that just for, perfectly fits his personality. The thing that, that Dr. Eggman is Grand Gordo is most angry about is that he is completely doing it wrong. <laughs> you open up with a crushing show of force, not your introduction. <laughs> But yes, Bokun is flying around the stadium, revealing his plan is to take all of the present world leaders hostage um, and <laughs> not, uh, ra- ransom them for their country's candy supplies and also change some rules like the definition of a fun sized candy bar, because how could something that tiny portion of candy be considered fun? <laughs> you know what? I can get behind that. I feel like that's, par- I feel that's powerful using uh, strong bad at least at one point. <laughs> yes. Oh, a fun sized candy bar. Tell me this. What's fun about eating less candy? Maybe if you gave me an entire bag of them, it would be fun. The only fun I'm going to have with this thing is smearing it all over your door when I leave. I mean, it, it is hard not to dive into not only like pro wrestling and like luchador, but yes, I, I feel like rereading these. There's there's a little bit of Homestar Runner's strong bad in there as well. <laughs> and the concept of fun size will be rewritten. <laughs> that's a bad strong bad. <laughs> well, strong bad's voice himself is a bad strong bad. So that's okay. <laughs> I mean, is it, strong bad is relevant to this because, you know, he's a he's a wrestle man himself with a mask. So. Yep, yep. With a a dramatic flourish, uh, Bokun has the, I'm assuming the robots um, that Eggman should have been building in the first story, which are giant Rock'em Sock'em robots, rip the roof off of this Superdome. (laughs) (laughs) And I love that uh, Eggman keeps going with his complaints of, no, 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 the wanted destruction of property comes after the inevitable show of resistance. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> he's got it down to a science oh yes i bet i bet who whoever is in charge of this venue just loves working with grand gordo <laughs> <laughs> and luckily sonic's been watching all this because it is a televised pay-per-view that i guess sonic decided to watch anyway <laughs> hey it's not his credit card bill hey yeah there you go <laughs> It's Thorndike Industries. <laughs> so after seeing this display on the TV, uh, Sonic grabs Boku and runs off very quickly to the stadium to get to the bottom of this. Sonic, as he's speeding back to the uh, to the stadium, we see one of the Rock'em Sock'em robots going for the President of the United States. <laughs> um, oh my gosh, he's look close. He's he's getting Agent Flipsy right in the back of the head there. Oh gosh, my yeah. goodness, oh. that's that's might need some easily a concussion. <laughs> might be concussion worthy. <laughs> From a hundred foot tall robot. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but luckily we have the the fantastic El Gran Gordo doing his big belly ballistic bounce. And <laughs> somehow with all that strength, knocking away that hand and saving the president. Hey, what were we just saying? Fat fit. Yeah, he exactly. Is, yeah. He is focusing his strength. I like uh, And I like that he keeps his character when he's talking to the president saying, there you are, El Presidente. <laughs> yes el gran gordo the president really has no idea because he he says oh thank you uh senor gordo and then he says that little flying thing is worse than dr eggman <laughs> and el gran gordo snaps at him <laughs> he said it would be an honor to duel with such a super villainous mastermind as dr eggman <laughs> and i bet all the women would love him too yeah. and the no. president does the thing of like the standard thing of somebody listening to a super fan he just goes uh, okay <laughs> <laughs> okay buddy sure 
But then we have Bokun coming up behind El Gran Gordo and the president getting ready to squeeze the strudel out of this overbaked pastry until Sonic <laughs> arrives and I suppose ties up the, the two Rock'em Sock'em robots with something. Yeah, he's speeding around them, not tying them up. Yes, I think he's just, yeah, he's making a show of like confusing them by zipping around because then he, he makes quick work quick work at them uh, by uh, baiting them into uh, punching into his direction. And hey, like I said, they're Rock'em Sock'ems. They, yep. they knock each other's blocks off. <laughs> and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, uh, one year for Christmas, I got uh, uh, the game of the Rock'em Sock'em Robots, and I got to play it uh, every now and then with my dad, and it was super fun. <laughs> it's just some fun, child-friendly, mindless violence. <laughs> Little plastic robots. <laughs> like, e- even if these were made by Eggman, they're, like, right in his wheelhouse. Eggman would absolutely see, like, a children's toy and be like, what if I made a giant and killed people with it? <laughs> <laughs> But then with his his robot uh, (laughs) fun sizers out of commission by Sonic, uh, El Gran Gordo takes uh, the cape Bokun to the mat and they start their scuffle. Yeah, kind of gets his ass kicked, actually. (laughs) Yeah, no. He's getting all wrapped up in that long cape Bokun has. And man, he takes one, looks like takes one right to the chin. He's seeing stars. Bokun is going full spawn with that cape. Oh yeah, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it changes length depending on the panel, just like Spawn too. <laughs> yep. But after getting clocked very viciously, uh, Diko and Boko reason with him that they right now they don't need El Gran Gordo; they need a mad scientist, which leads oh. El Gran Gordo to reveal his secret identity of Doctor Eggman right in the ring in front of millions of people, including the UN. Literally, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Although I love uh, in the same pan or the same page where he reveals that he's Doctor Eggman, we have the president say, "What a heel turn!" <laughs> yes, <laughs> see that's that's something I picked up this time. Like, ah, that's funny. <laughs> I get it. I also love they acknowledge that. You know, how did he change so fast? And it's just he I guess he had the outfit underneath his his wrestling gear. <laughs> Why not? I've always loved that gag. Yeah, <laughs> he got lessons from Weird Al. I, I was gonna say it's it's Yakuza rules where you just grab the the corner of your your full suit and tie and everything and just (laughs) rip the entire thing off (laughs) but yeah sonic makes it into the ring and uh eggman says uh i I need i need time to think keep that little pest busy and so sonic does and as as you would probably not have a hard time believing uh sonic has an easier time dealing with bokun in his silly cape than eggman did I do love this this series of panels where Sonic is wrapped up tightly by the cape. He looks down and he looks up at Bokun just smiling very evilly. <laughs> yes. See, he immediately throws himself into a Sonic spin and bashes Bokun around in yep. the process. Uh, we have an interesting resolution to the, all of this. Uh, <laughs> as Eggman does like a bunch of arithmetic in his head, you can see like the equations popping up around him. Uh, yep. <laughs> and then he comes up with an interesting theory to to solve this. Which at first is having Sonic throw Bokun at him and catching him and pinning him on the ground. And it turns out, that's it! Because <laughs> after a, a moment of protestation, Bokun immediately 
falls into a sugar crash coma. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Which was oh. what Eggman was calculating in his head the entire time is the exact moment of of how his massive sugar intake would run out and he would take a nap. <laughs> Just tucker himself out. Yep. I guess when you think about it, I guess he is a robot that runs on sugar. Yeah, I guess that must make the most sense. I, I don't, like I said, I don't think that's an actual thing in the show, but I love that it's in the comics because mm-hmm. it just gives an, an extra little bit to his, his silly character. <laughs> now then, hear me, Station Square. You have fallen for my most fiendish plot yet. You fell for my brilliant fake persona. You let me too close to your plans and your hearts. I now know everything. <laughs> oh, please. Not a word, Hedgehog. Come to think of it, our truce is over. Sleep lightly, Sonic. Back to basics, huh? I like that just fine. Again, my very limited wrestling knowledge. It's hard not to see this as Eggman turns to the crowd and says he had fooled them all as the famous, you know, it was me, Austin! It was me the whole time! Oh, son of a... As he says, the entire world fell for his brilliant persona. And he now he is he has learned every you know the weaknesses of I guess every country on earth. Yeah. <laughs> you all like this wrestling. Is... <laughs> <laughs> it is it is like even to this day it's once a, when a wrestler does a heel turn they're like and I fooled each and every one of you you all bought it hook line and sinker you're all a bunch of schlubs you know <laughs> that sort of thing it's it it is just pure pro wrestling oh yeah yeah <laughs> i love they yeah sonic and eggman shake hands crush each other's fingers and officially call off their truce <laughs> it'll be back to robot of the week next issue folks so eggman gets out a remote he flies away in one of the rock'em sock'em robots heads which i think is pretty neat <laughs> uh, yeah it's i love the visual yeah the, <laughs> <laughs> of it launching up <laughs> Uh, and we finally end the comic with uh, Sonic picking up El Gran Gordo's mask, saying, maybe I should try being El Rapido Azul? Just kidding. I'd never do that to you, he says to, I guess, the camera. <laughs> yeah, he's saying it to us. Yes. He's saying it specifically to me. <laughs> to me. I mean, Sonic X, Sonic would do that sometimes. Yeah, you know, that's like, true. Tell, like, tell, warning us about riding on uh, Formula One race cars and all that. Oh, yeah. I'd, yeah. I'd never do that to you. Beat pause. And there it is. <laughs> <laughs> so let's jump forward to late March of 2008 for issue 31, The Return of El Gran Gordo. A uh, really good cover here, actually. <laughs> I mean, what a shocker, right? I really like this cover as well. Like, Eggman grappling with El Gran Gordo. It's, it's great. And Sonic coming off the top rope. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, I even love the the very, very, I mean, I would imagine accurate uh, uh, lighting on, you know, the overhead lights just as bright as they could be. And yeah, the shadows on Sonic as he is <laughs> he's jumping towards appears to be the dueling figures of Dr. Eggman and El Gran Gordo. Oh my goodness. Maybe we'll get an explanation for this. Saliva <laughs> everywhere. 
That cover, of course, drawn by Patrick Spaziante. Naturally. Main issue written by Ian Flynn, pencils by Tracy Yardley, inks by Terry Austin, letters by Phil Felix, and colors by Josh Ray. And you know, we've got a lot of, of, of very of-their-time ads for video games and, and various uh, <laughs> Archie Andrews comic back issues in these. But this one on the, the inside cover page of this for a yogurt snack from Kellogg's really does plant you straight into the, the mid-2000s where companies specifically food and candy companies just could not come up with more ways to try and peddle yogurt to children <laughs> and i'll tell you what uh it's well yeah i'm just gonna insert this entire ad right here <laughs> read in a dramatic fashion a perilous warning to not wolf your yogos willie odilly was quite a normal lad whose love for yogos drove him howling mad. When he first poured them in sheer fascination, he discovered a fruit-flavored creamy sensation. Willie quickly grew fangs by the light of the moon. Overcome with delight, he barked and he crooned. As ever more quickly, he noshed and he nibbled. There was lesser and lesser of our werewolf's sweet kibble. When all too soon Willie's last bite was finished, his desire for their taste still hadn't diminished, as he howls at the moon to vent his sorrows. Remember his lesson. Slogo on the Yogos. Kellogg's fruit-flavored snacks. Well, that's a way to sell yogurt. Um, I'm no stranger to... Uh, that's this sort of thing. I mean, but this sort of thing specifically, yeah, that's a bit strange. Uh, but we, you know, it was of the time. Uh, they want the the companies wanted extreme ways for kids to get into eating yogurt because uh, that's a difficult task. Because I, I guess the the overarching thought is that yogurt is a a healthy snack which i suppose in some form it is i guess in the same way that like big dairy pushed like the got milk (laughs) campaign because of calcium and vitamin d and whatever but then like this specifically yogos from kellogg's fruit flavored snacks it really seems like a candy that just happens to have the texture of yogurt on the Mm. inside and I think I had these once like it, it is like like firing up a my a long dead brain neuron that I might have had these as a kid as well and I mean they aren't around anymore so I guess that says all you need to know. Archie Sonic really <laughs> trying to be like sub my young Parsons I too am so on the go that I drink my yogurt from a tube. <laughs> <laughs> Precisely. It's not bad to have a little bit of yogurt in your life you know to to get your uh, your stomach bacteria working a bit better, you know, yeah. it, it has its elements. But also, I'm not sure if it's the sort of thing that kids are going to be excited about. Uh, so that's why they tried this, I suppose. And again, I do question, like, if any positive bacterium biome would survive the process of being shoved into a candy shell <laughs> by the by the Kellogg's Corporation. Yeah, now you mention it. Um, I'm just thinking of yogurt in its natural form, not whatever this probably is. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, let's get to this story proper. So the story proper actually begins, like, almost exactly the same way as the first arc did, with... Chris and Chuck on the couch watching wrestling with Sonic 
doing the tongue out thing. And he's drooling this time. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit, a little bit of drool. And immediately, like, there's a reason that Ian Flynn and Tracy Yardley are the dream team, and this is where it really started. I guess it's just from all the time that we spent uh, enjoying the work, the collaborations of Ian Flynn and Tracy Yardley. But uh, what seeing this just feels so right. All of a sudden, you know, it's like ah. Oh, Yes, this feels like, at a time, this felt like home for the Archie Sonic. Yeah, Tra- Tracy's pencils, like, just, they they look so correct drawing the Sonic X universe. Like, yeah. the the way he has such a good balance of, like, the, the anime's own pretty unique style, um, and also his own, like, uh, drawing all the, 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 the human characters, Sonic himself, and... I mean, I love that the wrestler that Chuck and Chris are watching now is just, it's straight up Andre the Giant. Yep. Uh, <laughs> you think you mean Andy's the Ginormous? Oh, uh, yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, even even down to the, the one over the shoulder uh, leotard here. <laughs> the single singlet, like, uh, it's, it was a good choice because this is like, maybe not so much these days, but Andre the Giant is one of those wrestlers that people just knew. And I think that's partly due to his presence in like uh princess bride princess bride yeah and like other media like that i I do i do see like almost like clockwork i want like every other year like just his behind the scenes interviews and stories about working on the princess bride and just about like what a fun guy he was to hang out with who just happened to be a literal giant of a man yeah (laughs) i've heard stories about andre the giant beyond the princess bride and while he did seem like a nice guy He's also a lot of work to be around, apparently. Because yeah. uh, that man, to get drunk, he would have to drink <laughs> a lot. And also, when he was at hotel rooms, the toilets weren't often big enough for him. But luckily, there was a bathtub. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I, you know, I was going to say, I've also heard some stories about Andre the Giant that even for our uh, heavily PG-13 podcast would not be appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> but hey... He was a man, a human man. <laughs> That's not saying anything about and Andy's the ginormous here, who is he, he's calling El Gran Gordo out, just like I do not know. I am Ford. I want a real challenge, like that coward El Gran Gordo. I would fight him if he ever decided to show himself again. Yeah, that's just uh, yeah, Andre the Giant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's very that's good. The, Thank that, you. That's how the man talks. Yeah. <laughs> side note: Was that a combination of just him being large, and wasn't he also deaf in one ear? And he's French. Okay. Yeah, he is French, isn't he? Oh, yeah. he's got all those things going against. Him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> the curse of being French as well. <laughs> I don't think Chris is still fully bought into the idea that, oh yeah, El Gran Gordo was really Eggman all along. Chuck very much has, but oh yeah, Sonic's like, oh, come on. This, Eggman's not going to challenge this guy. He gave up on being a luchador. Cut to Eggman's base where he does not appreciate being called out. <laughs> another another example of what you mentioned in in uh our last issue is where yeah a sonic says dr eggman gave up on that silly luchador business a long time ago smash cut to a very angry eggman and deco is saying oh, now remember you gave up that silly luchador business a long time ago 
it's really good, really good. We get a brief recap from our uh, two dumb bots about the uh, previous Gordo story arc. Bokun pulling the, oh, come on. I was just a little guy, a little birthday boy. <laughs> you can't stay mad at me. <laughs> of course, Eggman, however, is like, I've prepared for this incredibly obscure and unlikely scenario. I have a plan. <laughs> as we see the next day, as Sonic is taking a run through Station Square, Dr. Eggman has invaded the go-ahead, bake-my-day bakery. <laughs> Give me those sweets! And money, too, I guess. Eggman's already taken 40 cakes. That's terrible. Time to kick his keister again. And he's already taken 40 cakes. <laughs> he's taken four times 10 cakes. And that's terrible. <laughs> Time to kick his keister again. <laughs> I, uh, I, a deliberate reference here. <laughs> I can't believe. Yeah, what is what is that a reference to? I forgot. <laughs> that is a callback to... What was it? The DC, like... Yeah, the DC Super Dictionary, which was a book. Gosh, when did this come out? The ni- in uh, 1978. <laughs> yes. But it's, this one panel <laughs> has become a long-standing meme. And it, it, I feel like this, more than anything, does kind of date that issue, but... I mean, it was a it was a an internet meme before like we even called things internet memes. Yeah. It is an image of the pink jumpsuited Lex Luthor <laughs> running with two a tether on a huge trolley cart full of cakes, and the uh, caption has the word forty next to Lex Luthor, and it says, "When no one was looking, Lex Luthor took forty cakes. He took." 40 cakes. That's as many as four tens. And that's terrible. <laughs> it's the and that's terrible and that's that terrible. sells it. Yes. Me. Yeah, it has had a long legacy to where it, 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 it crops up in a Sonic the Hedgehog comic. <laughs> yes. as and well. that's terrible. <laughs> yeah. I think it's pretty funny, actually. We got an ad for the extreme, like, how to draw anime era of Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Oh my goodness. Sorry, I've <laughs> saw this before, but... Oh, it looks so bad. Oh my goodness. Uh, <laughs> someone had watched Sailor Moon for the first time, I guess, and... Oh boy. I'm sorry, looking at the actual cover of Sabrina here, the proportions are... She's, she looks like a clamp character. <laughs> I was about yeah, to say more in line with yeah, the, the clamp yeah, school you're, of design. You're right. Oh my god, this is like the second time I've mentioned Salem the Cat and Sabrina the Teenage Witch in this episode. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. There's a very anime mascot looking uh, Salem. Oh, I remember this, like, yes. Oh my gosh. So we cut forward, and as as uh, Sonic is chasing after Eggman, who should show up on the passing TV but El Gran Gordo! Hola, amigos! Guess who's back? But how could he be there and as Dr. Eggman at the same time. Something seems fishy, you guys. Hmm. <laughs> Why would Eggman take 40 cakes? And just to reiterate, that's terrible. <laughs> this is the the first... Oh, I never noticed the... <laughs> <laughs> the the Sonic item box in this electronics. Oh, that's, yeah. That's, uh, cool. that's nice. cute. This is also the first time that um, Dr. Eggman gets away and Sonic just goes, ah, shoot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, darn it. <laughs> Yeah, no, El Gran Gordo has responded to Andes' challenge, and he's going to see him in the ring tonight! That night, we see uh, Sonic 
running next to Grandpa Chuck's Roadster. <laughs> Seems yeah, to have been modified car. from a, a episode two of Sonic X quite a bit. Looking like a carrot with wheels. <laughs> Chris asks uh, Sonic if he's going to come join them for the match, but Sonic is, of course, very skeptical, and he says he's going to do some laps around the city to try to find Eggman and get some answers. So they part ways on the interstate, and we get to cut straight to the ring, where Andy's is giving a very pro-wrestler speech. It looks like... I'm not going to do the voice, actually. <laughs> where is that coward? Where is El Gran Gordo? <laughs> I I love the line from Sonic where he says, thanks, buddy. Snap a picture for me if Grand Gordo gets hit with the folding yeah. chair. <laughs> I cannot believe Andy's here would call it a champion's belt. Um, Vince McMahon very upset about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, is, that a, is that a very uh, copyrighted term? Well, it's more of the fact that certain people really don't like them calling it a belt, even though that's technically what it is. It has to be like a championship or a title, because a belt ah, is something you just I use see. to keep your pants up. This is a championship. <laughs> this has meaning. <laughs> it, it, des- <laughs> it deserves it being a true proper noun. <laughs> Not just an article of clothing. Of course, this is where El Gran Gordo makes his big entrance. I I love the immediate response from uh, Andy's, the mountains do not kneel, least of all to you. And that's when I realized, <laughs> oh yeah, the Andes. Oh, that's a real good wrestling line. Yes. I just love him saying, so you're the one who ordered the Muy, Muy Grande Smackdown. <laughs> and that reminds me that, that Smackdown, like, um, maybe it existed before, but that is a term largely popularized by the rock that has like entered popular culture like yeah massively gren gordo enters the ring and tries to give a, a you know a half-hearted kayfabe explanation on how he's not really <laughs> dr egg there's all an elaborate ploy to save the president which also yeah. sounds like a wrestling plot line <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And just as he's trying to say that he's the one true El Gran Gord. Oh, do D apostrophe O. Yep. Yep. Uh, and he gets German suplexed. Yep. <laughs> right. Right into the ground by the tremendous Andes. <laughs> and of course, Eggman's like, "Oh, right. I lost. I won all my matches through trickery and cheating. <laughs> but I also managed to last longer than any of my robots against Sonic. So." Maybe I can do this for real. Arriba. <laughs> yeah, next page. I definitely cannot do this for real. <laughs> do do we think that Dr. Eggman with his 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 perceived bad Spanish, you think he can roll his R's oh. properly? Uh, I, I've watched I Adventures so. of Sonic the Hedgehog, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they can't put that many R's in his dialogue and not expect us to imagine it being rolled, you know? He that's the one aspect he practiced really yes. hard to get right. <laughs> yes. uh, by the way, this next page of action here of I always love when like cartoony media portrays the ropes as like really, really stretchy. Yeah. So like Andy Andy's like th- tosses El Gran Gordo into the ropes and he sort of like springs into them like and comes back and he catches him with a clothesline. Uh, I love that stuff. <laughs> and just a great sequential art uh, from Tracy Yardley here with no dialogue that is just perfectly illustrating the <laughs> these actions. I just wish they could do that in real wrestling. Uh, the ropes don't work that way, but they should. <laughs> yeah, as all this is happening, Sonic has finally managed to track down Eggman, in quotes, and spots him stealing from a candy store, which 
you know, there's your giveaway, but we need another <laughs> page or two to draw this out. But Right. First the bakery, then the candy. Oh, I know who you yeah. are. And plus... Uh, also, he... <laughs> This Eggman cannot come up with a good comeback line to Sonic and also doesn't know what any of the buttons on the Eggmobile yep. do, so it's Boku. Yes. Yeah, it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's just it's just Bokun. We get the reveal. Yeah. And he would have gotten away with it too if it hadn't been for that pesky hedgehog. because uh, he just pulls the mask off like Scooby Doo And there is something really upsetting about Bokun's head coming out of Eggman's body. Yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I I do like yes he's sitting on the floor with an Eggman arm full of of wrapped candy uh, shoving it into his little robot face <laughs> I, I even love the the detail of like you can see gears down in yeah <laughs> in the robot that it is a robot it's not just like a big rubber suit because uh, that's what Eggman knows man he knows robots yep. we get another one of those parallel panels of Sonic pointing at Boku and saying well enough's enough and then we have Grand Gordo himself is saying. <laughs> Had enough <laughs> after being thoroughly beaten. He's not doing well. <laughs> and again, we get to maybe one of the best panels in art, all of Archie Sonic X. And he's throwing him down like, go ahead and tap out. Surrender. I shouldn't have to waste my energy to end you myself. <laughs> and Eggman is just about to tap out until he sees the tear-stained face of Chris Thorndike. Oh. I believe in you. <laughs> I believe in you. <laughs> oh my gosh. And immediately just, El Gran Gordo never surrenders! Oh. And he is back up on his feet immediate, you know. He is he is powered up by the hopes and dreams of the children like Gamera. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is pro wrestling right here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, if pro wrestling were real, that's what it, it would be. You know, the whole coming back from getting your ass kicked, the big, the big Hulk Hogan hulking up. I wish I didn't have to keep referring to Hulk Hogan. Yeah. That's terrible. But you know, my limited knowledge, like this, had to have been something that John Cena has done as well. Oh, absolutely! Like John Cena was the Hulk Hogan of that time. One of the ultimate baby faces was powered up with the <laughs> the love and admiration of the crowd. Yeah. To to like just like in here to an unbelievable degree of he just got his ass kicked. How is he getting back up? No, no, he's kicking out. Oh, he kicked out at two. Oh no, he's gonna win it. Okay, he's won again. The kids <laughs> no. love it, but oh man. <laughs> with with the new power invested in him by this child, uh, El Gran Gordito finishes off Andes with the flying Gordito Smasher, where he comets his entire butt into the back of Andy's and, and yeah. takes the championship. <laughs> this actually this illustrates what the move is. It's a flying senton, but but I think they just, like, Tracy Yardy was told to draw the funniest looking move that Eggman could do from the top yep. rope and that's it, because yep. his legs are splayed as he crashes it's... his entire ass <laughs> yeah, yes. and Andy's back. <laughs> I, I do very much like on the next page, uh, Sonic's trying to bring Bokun in still in the Eggman suit to the cops, and there's just something funny about that image alone. <laughs> I, yeah, these goofy-looking officers that kind of look like maybe they were supposed to be the two from episode yeah. one, but not mm. really. <laughs> just that all cops in Sonic X look like this. <laughs> <laughs> and to escape, Bokun unleashes his arm full of gumballs, <laughs> and everyone trips and falls. Yes, exactly. 
<laughs> Here's where we get our other, and Eggman gets away, and Sonic just goes, ah, shoot. Not my day. <laughs> yeah. Ah, darn it. <laughs> Uh, I like him. I like Bokun calling them boys in blue because technically, yeah, all three of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Okay, another. <laughs> Sorry, before we make it to uh, our closing pages, we have an advertisement commanding us to read Archie Comics' brand new blogs. Oh, <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Oh, boy. Visit ArchieComics.com. Each of our 18 titles will have their very own blog. Oh, gosh. I think maybe we'll have to do some research on the Wayback Machine. I think I remember maybe reading the Sonic ones a, a couple of times. I can just not imagine the unsustainability of that, which was probably... And the best part is, you, the fans, can contribute directly to the blogs in a fun, safe atmosphere to let us know <laughs> uh-huh. what you think. Yeah, sure, buddy. I was going to say, the, the unsustainability of these blogs that were probably extra work for already overworked interns, I'm sure. For real. <laughs> oh. And on top of that, like kids being like, you want me to read words without pictures? What do you think I am? Literary? (laughs) (laughs) Were people into blogs back then? I mean, I'm sure, like, companies had just found out about them, uh, evidenced here. Oh, I'd say yes. I think, yes, at one time people were into blogs. By the time this was out in late 2007, (laughs) was it? Uh, Early 2008. Oh, God. No, I think, yeah, like you said, the companies found out about blogs. And so, hey, famous stable and not at all trash fire of a company, Archie Comics, was like, yeah, see, that's what the kitties want, see? (laughs) Am I going to open, like, an Archie issue these days and they're going to be like, hey, kid, join the, come on and check out the Archie TikTok for all your TikToks. (laughs) Man. I mean, the closest is probably those pretty funny like mini web comics that occasionally crop up that i think some uh uh some old archie sonic staff still contribute to occasionally but i i am being perfectly honest like no i am not cracking open whatever modern equivalent of an archie (laughs) digest is to see how they are hanging with the hip kids these days (laughs) i think betty would be into sephora whereas veronica would really like kate spade (laughs) That's some inside baseball. <laughs> my wife works for works for a department I, store. I, yeah, I know. I I'm picking up what you're putting yeah. down, Jake. Yeah. It hit. I have no context whatsoever for any of Very those good. words you said. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm the one who makes weird references now. Oh boy, you finally yes. made it, Jake. And all it took was me barely understanding. <laughs> fashion trends <laughs> yeah sonic gets back and chris has fully bought into everything he saw in the ring <laughs> yeah no he, he he thought that you know el gran gordo was just letting andy's beat on him to beat to spence he's not actually eggman and sonic's a good enough guy that he's not gonna you know shatter the illusion he's finally coming around on the whole thing yeah but they are interrupted as there's a knock at the door and it's old egg himself Asking for Sonic the Hedgehog's help. Wearing his championship belt. Yeah. 
Also, with you spelling it out, Luke, I just now realized that the yep the yeah <laughs> yeah I also oh, must be lost. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I've been sitting on Me too. I've been sitting on that for a couple of days now. Don't. <laughs> well, maybe one day he'll get his own channel and they'll call it the EGG Station. Ah. <laughs> uh. Very odd to see our one of the last ads in here is for New York Comic Con to see a uh, oh. Superman, Batman, and Hawkwoman illustration in an Archie comic. And also Wonka Sweetheart's Rope, because why not? Specifically that odd, frantic cartoon redesign of the Willy Wonka candy brand, which is also not around anymore, <laughs> that was in the uh, this point in the 2000s. I don't want to be the kind of person that dunks on kids' fan art, but it is funny that the two pieces of fan art here in the letters section are clearly based on the same piece of Sonic X art, if you look at them, just drawn in different styles. Just like the early issues of the comic. <laughs> yes! Yes! <laughs> I would say uh, I would say shame on the editor for picking these two pieces specifically to kind of unintentionally dunk on both of these children <laughs> for copying the same piece of art. It's that picture of Sonic, slightly crooked leg, one leg pointing outwards. It's that little superhero action pose where he's just sort of like, but he kind of looks like he's sort of like, whoa, very popular with the kids, apparently. <laughs> Maybe it was the only piece of art they could get when they visited the official Archie Sonic X comic blog. <laughs> so yeah, we jump forward to the final issue we are going to be covering today, issue 32, Title Mismatch, covered by Patrick Spaziante, written by Ian Flynn, pencils by Tracy Yardley, inks by Terry Austin, letters by John Workman, and colors by Jason Jensen. I know we say this a lot, but I really like this cover. It's, it is a great send-up to, like, the Batman 66 era. Yeah. Yes, it is Sonic, excuse me, El Rapido Azul yes. and El Gran Gordo doing the Batman walking up the side of a building on your on their grappling ropes where Dico and Boko are asking for autographs <laughs> <laughs> from El Gran Gordo and Sonic as Rapido Azul is just looking and nonplussed. <laughs> he's he's not fully bought into the costume. Yeah. yeah. But I do very much love that costume. I think it's striking and it looks really cool to me. <laughs> yes, it is neat. I love it. We, we get a really good look at it later in the issue. It's funny seeing like light blue Sonic with the Sonic X design because it's kind of like a meeting of like, I don't know, the... Uh, what would be classic Sonic these days with the lighter blue? Oh, uh, yeah. Yes, yeah. that very distinct periwinkle. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's Sabrina again. <laughs> yeah, but another... Uh, the 70s cartoon, I believe. Right, right. I was wondering why. Is that supposed to be Salem? Yeah. Or is that another cat that they had back then? Okay. The the Filmation series took some creative liberties. Yeah, this little ginger um, Aristocat-style cat. <laughs> oh, that is what he looks like, yeah. Like O'Malley. <laughs> <laughs> Knowing it was Filmation where they're like, God, we're not going to spend a fortune on black ink to color in one damn cat. <laughs> I, I think you are exactly, I think you are exactly right. <laughs> we're barely afloat with that He-Man garbage. <laughs> so started the comic proper, we, uh, we have Chris wondering what happened to El Gran Gordo for him to show up at the Thorndike mansion. <laughs> uh, so... Grand Gordo goes into uh, a whole spiel about after winning, he decided that he was going to take down that handsome genius, Dr. Eggman, uh, based on what he was hearing about his thievery. 
But as he was getting close, he was taking down robots left and right, traversing through. But it was just too much. He had to make a tactical retreat and try to find some help. <laughs> I love the, the the editor's note on the first page <laughs> after Chris saying, you know, we just got home from your match. And it's like, just last issue. You have it, don't you? <laughs> like, yeah, thanks. Uh-huh. Buy it. Buy it now. <laughs> yeah, see, this is where this is where I think the the Ella and Eggman have an unrequited crush on each other because she is convinced that she went to high school with El Grand Gordo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Grandpa Chuck reassures him that he has something in his lab that can help. Uh, Chris Thorndike is super excited that he's even in, that Gordo's in the house and he wants to show him his scrapbook all about him. And then, as you said, Ella is going to try to find her yearbook because she's absolutely sure that they went to high school together. And is everybody else out of the room? All right, Eggman, what really happened? Which, can I just interject again? I feel like I'm unintentionally like like defending Chris Thorndike here. I was also a scrapbook kid who would cut oh, that's especially cool. pictures of Sonic out of any random like magazine and put it in a got a literal scrapbook. You know, the ones with the big plastic sheet yeah, you would yeah. pull, pull yeah. aside with the adhesive. Yes, I I mm, oh, I specifically remember and now I wonder if maybe they were mad at me after the fact over at a friend of my parents house and instead of playing with their kids i got on their computer and printed out pictures of sonic the hedgehog (laughs) on their home printer and probably used the equivalent today of thousands of dollars of ink oh my gosh (laughs) just to take it home to put in my scrapbook It's like, well, we we can't really do too much. I mean, he's not our child, so I just okay, just let him print his Sonics. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yes, as you were saying, Sonic gets the real story from El Gran Gordo. As as it turns out, he again it's just like stupid match. I just want to go home and sleep. But <laughs> Bokun has Bokun's really gotten into the part, and now Eggman has been designated a traitor in his own base so he has to go get sonic for help to get back in again warning against living the gimmick (laughs) (laughs) so sonic cuts him a deal saying i'll help you but you have to promise to never be grand gordo again and i love that eggman says fine extortionist (laughs) yeah under his breath (laughs) and then we get a little bit more of that uh that possible romance between el gran gordo slash eggman and Ella, thank you. It slipped out of your brain because, again, this is a Caucasian ass, yes. uh, uh, different character <laughs> here. <laughs> uh, the romance of sorts shown only in the Sonic X comic between Eggman and Ella is especially funny because of the dub having Mike Pollock playing both characters. And Mike Pollock <laughs> has leaned into that a few times with some voice recordings. That's very cute. Oh, Eggie, thank you for saving me from having to serve those losers. No problem, baby. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they are off, but Eggman is insistent that if Sonic is going to help him, he's going to do it right. And remember when Sonic said that he would never be El Rapido Azul? He lied. Joke's on him. He didn't lie, but... (laughs) Joke's on you, hedgehog. I love this costume as well. Like, man, somebody in our social circle needs to fund someone making a mod for... Man, do Sonic Frontiers. Why not? Oh my gosh, yes. El Rapido Azul. We're going to use our 
tiny, teeny, insignificant amount of sonic internet clout <laughs> to put that idea out to the world. And if our clout isn't enough, I'll pay for it. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll kick uh, in a little extra if you go to the detail of making the cape and having it flap while he runs, because, oh, that'd be so cool. <laughs> it's an interesting mask that he's wearing, because it doesn't really hide his identity at all. Um, I know, it, like... Sonic's already behind the eight ball because he is the only person in the world who looks like that. And uh, no amount of clothing is going to disguise that. But also, like, you can see most of his face anyway. It's pretty funny, though. But then again, we definitely had people thinking that in Sonic Adventure 2, thinking Sonic was Shadow in plain light in his blue self <laughs> i'm only judging by the state of the moon in this particular shot that the sonic adventure 2 saga has not happened yet but yes society as a whole will be held accountable when they cannot comprehend the thought of another hedgehog <laughs> that isn't sonic <laughs> i can only assume that when uh eggman tosses their grappling hook up to the top of his base and says follow me chum that that is a direct reference to 66 batman oh 100 yeah, meanwhile Deco and boko are just living it up taking advantage of the fact that uh i think bokun does not bokun believes Deco and boko don't know that he is dr eggman whereas mm -hmm. they do know and are leaning into it so they <laughs> are getting out of doing any of their chores and work around the base <laughs> yep deco is very busy playing his imported copy of fire emblem on his game boy advance <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> a nice pull <laughs> <laughs> no, let's be real. He's playing like Kudu Kudu Kududin or something. <laughs> Just something really obscure in Japanese. Now he could play it on the Nintendo Switch with the expansion pass. That's true. <laughs> yeah, now they are living it up, but they see uh, El Gran Gordo and his sidekick El Rapidul Azul approaching. And I love this panel of Boko just time for plan B. <laughs> He's shifting into dramatic lighting mode. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> a very powerful stance. It's the big red button. So after hitting the button on the outside, we get some turrets shooting some lasers at El Gran Gordo. And I think I'm just going to keep saying Eggman and Sonic from this point on. It's <laughs> a <Some Yeah>. mouthful. <laughs> I like saying El Gran Gordo. Don't break kayfabe. I'm sorry. Yes. <laughs> uh, so one of the turrets snaps the... Uh, the the rope that they were holding onto and they fall to the ground. Of course, Sonic getting crushed by uh, our own fat fit man, El Gran Gordo. <laughs> um, not, the, not the first or last time it would happen to Sonic. Oh yeah, no. I guess technically he's getting the Gordito Smasher right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little bit. A, a bit of a botched one. Yes. yes. <laughs> the blasted hole, that was my only rope. <laughs> it's just so funny to me <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> that was my only rope. It's like it's almost like on the same on the same wavelength of like we're not at the beach. This is a bathtub. <laughs> <laughs> Sonic has a plan B, and plan B is literally run up the side of the base carrying El Gran Gordo. <laughs> there is nothing that can stop El Gran Gordo and El Rapito Azul. Need a breather? Not. Rapito Hazul! You've done well to make it this far, Double G. But you underestimate Dr. Eggman's forces! Go, Bandic Army! We do get a super cool, I'm just gonna say, action hero pose as they break through the glass on the top floor. 
Yes, if that if previously it was like a '66 Batman, this seems like some crazy like McFarlane or Jim Lee like superhero poses as they crash through the uh, crash through the base here, <laughs> including this hot damn what a leg bend from El Gran Gordo in this uh, yeah. middle panel here. <laughs> but Deco and Boko are taking no prisoners as they unleash. The Badnik army. I'm surprised to see them use the word Badnik in a Sonic X time. Well, I mean, technically, yeah, but also Ian Flynn. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Also, they. I mean, they they do look like the Sonic X equivalent of generic Eggman robots. Yeah. Not not ones with a special uh, uh, letter number name designation. Yeah. No E series here. I, I think it is fun that. Uh, El Gran Gordo is, you know, easily holding his own against the Badniks, but El Rapido Azul is con- pretty consistently screwing up because of the cape. So. <laughs> and yeah. the mode, she had it right. Some some people yeah. can live the gimmick, some people can't. <laughs> no capes. <laughs> Not used to fighting in that mask either. Speaking of living the gimmick, Boku and Deku are a little bit too into it. Fight all you want, luchadors. Resistance, it's futile. And then Egg- <laughs> Eggman just gets fed up with it all and tears his mask off. <laughs> it's me, you morons. <laughs> Sorry, you bolt-brained buffoons is such an AOSTH Robotnik line. Oh, yeah. Even better. <laughs> goes to goes to previous issue where Sonic specifically says that because Bokun does not come up with an alliterative comeback, that that can't be the real Eggman. <laughs> Yes, yeah. <laughs> long-winded and <laughs> and poor Deco and Boko are like, it wasn't us, you know. You you just your costume was so good, we couldn't. They had no way of telling it wasn't you. Yeah, and your copy was too brilliantly designed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am a genius. <laughs> yes, of course he swallows it hook, line, and sink- sinker. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we uh, they also reveal that the fake Eggman is in Lab Fourteen where Eggman's latest E-series project is being developed. The Egg Babylon, as it were. Yep. And of course, Sonic's like, oh good, another robot for me to smash, save me a step of stopping you later. You know, even though Eggman does put his Grand Gordo mask back on, he is also continuing to believe his own hype by desperately not wanting to reveal the surprise of a new robot that he planned to sick on Sonic later. Yeah. <laughs> I just, that that really tickles me. <laughs> I do. The next page is, it's basically a, cool, uh, a new version of the... Uh, the Red Eye. Yeah. The Red Eye from Death Egg Zone in Sonic and Knuckles. Uh, yep. I always I like that rope that that mini boss. It's a scary one. (laughs) (laughs) I love seeing like different interpretations of that boss, especially in 3D. Like like the the shot we get of the reveal is is a 3D angle because I that boss stuck with me so much as a kid because it's got a big scary eyeball on it and I yeah it's really cool. I, I love to see it pop up in other things. You know, I have to point out one last time that uh, the ads in this last book we're going have shifted from, like, candy and video games and outside things to being 90% just advertising other Archie comics. And I wonder if that was intentional or, like, a commentary on maybe the dire state of comics advertising at the time. I mean... When they've when they've got advertisements for things that aren't themselves, they're probably getting paid more for that. 
So think about what you will. <laughs> wah, wah. <laughs> And Sonic is immediately killed. Yeah. The end. Yeah, ten years later, this exact same thing would happen to him in World of Light. <laughs> oh, damn, you're right. Uh, oh, no, it just shredded that pesky costume, so now he's free to fully rev up and not hold back. And this, this part where Sonic's like, wow, that armor's tough. Does this thing have a weakness? And Eggman is just like... Mm, I don't want to say. <laughs> I didn't even get to use it. It's not fair. <laughs> I mean, I mean, even on the next page after he shows Sonic like the vent to the core to direct him there, he's like, "Daddy, sorry, I didn't want to tell the mean hedgehog your secret." <laughs> I love the uh, the cross section we get as Sonic dives through the uh, exhaust vent and pops right up atop of uh, the tower behind our fake Eggman. If you look close, he's kicking his chair, but the illustration looks like he just kicks him right in his robot ass. <laughs> <laughs> it's a flexible exoskeleton, I'll say that. Yeah. <laughs> and he uh, drops a Slim Shady reference here. Um I wanted to bring something up with this. <laughs> I, I'm not sure about the timing uh, based on things, but when he said, will the not real Eggman please get up? I was wondering, again, I don't know about the dates, but I, I was oh, wondering Oh, I know if, exactly what you're going to say, yeah. Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering if he was referencing the, uh, the real Eggman uh, rap. I'm Eggman, yes, the real Eggman, and you other robotics aren't as bad as I am, so hold the real Eggman. Please stand up. Can't stand up. Can't stand up. Oh, God. <laughs> I I can't discount the possibility. I think that was earlier, so maybe I can never discount the possibility of Ian Flynn referencing anything on the internet. <laughs> yes, the original original Newgrounds uh, submission, which is not available anymore, was dated January eighth, two thousand and six. <laughs> well, there you go. It's entirely possible. <laughs> I remember watching that so much i know over and over <laughs> yes yeah, authored by yeah uh authors listed as bug and instant sonic i definitely remember watching that <laughs> sorry i'm just like so yeah like between panels uh Bokun comes out of the uh the robot suit of eggman uh with the little spring pointing out and this is <laughs> it's so muppety it is it's so, so sweet yes. chef that's exactly what i was going for <laughs> it looks it's a sonic adventure one model dr eggman suit <laughs> <laughs> i love it just bobs his head up and down yeah and of course, just like Deco and Boko, he can't stay mad at his robot minions because, oh, his creations were just so good. <laughs> Sonic reminding him that now that they've accomplished their mission, that he has to hang up his Grand Gordo mantle forever. And we finally get back to Chris's house where Chris is just waking up. And again, to his credit, Sonic is maintaining, doing his best to maintain the kayfabe. <laughs> yeah, this is like a little mini story arc of Sonic, even if it takes place over like uh, two sets of stories that are separated by like four issues. He's sort of like come around to being like, okay, maybe this gimmick isn't so bad after all if this kid likes it. <laughs> so I'll go <laughs> along with it. It's even like, and maybe I'm reading too much into it, but like assuming that Sonic is like a an adolescent teen in Sonic X, that he 
you know, he's pretty chill, but also at the same time would be at that age where you're just like, uh, I can figure stuff out about the world now and uh, people are wrong. That means they're stupid. And like gently learning that like you have to use a light touch, especially with younger kids like Chris here, who is fully, you know, fully bought into to wrestling and the the idea of grand gordo and that like what <laughs> like he said in the in in one of the other issues that, that no good can come of this <laughs> of, of crushing this child's dreams so it's like you said it is a nice end to that little mini arc of sonic learning to, to lighten up about this a little bit even involving dr eggman Speaking of which, Eggman is finally, you know, getting back at his bots for causing all that trouble by forcing Deco, Boko, and Bokun to fix all the damages from the previous night. And catch up on their other regular maintenance chores and routines. Which, hey, as, as someone who procrastinates, I get it. They say so what's <laughs> like, oh, all the work they didn't do is happening right now. It's like, oh, yeah, I guess I should put up my clean laundry after, oh, a week. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I get it, boys, is what I'm saying. I get it, robots. And we end on a nice little uh, page of Eggman sneaking into his room. I do enjoy being an evil genius. I really do. But sometimes... It's fun to escape. And just staring at the El Gran Gordo costume, now enshrined for all eternity. Yep. <laughs> There's another Batman thing, it feels like, hanging up the seats. You know? I was going to yeah. say, it yeah. reminds me of the, the classic, um, what is it? Oh, the one with Adam West as the guest star, the Silver Shadow or oh, something. Oh, the Grey Ghost. Grey Ghost yeah, yeah, Grey Ghost, where, yeah, the, the real Batman brings him to his, his Batcave and shows him and says, like, As a kid... I used to watch you with my father. The great ghost was my hero. So it wasn't all for nothing. El Gran Gordo is that for the children of the world. <laughs> you, di- you did it, Dr. Eggman. There you go. Now go blow up the moon. <laughs> <laughs> and so ends the legend of El Gran Gordo. Or does it? Actually, does it? Yes. Okay. And it, it it does. Like there's some there's some little cameos and nods here and there, but that's the last time we ever see him like in full. There's not that many issues left, I suppose. Anyway, so even if Ian yeah. did have plans, uh, well, that's a shame. If in an alternate <laughs> future could we have seen El Gran Gordo uh, take up the mantle again to power bomb a Metarex? Oh my god! I mean, I would like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, not bad for a guy who's whose gimmick name is literally um the great fat guy essentially yep if it was good enough for otis it was good enough for eggman yeah i guess that was used later on in wwe uh i don't know if it was an intentional reference or not or whether they just decided to do the same joke uh when otis the rather large rotund gentleman in wwe took up a masked luchador persona it was el gran gordo so I mean, now that we're really like able to look at it on its own, I just really appreciate all the little touches about the El Gran Gordo costume. Like, it's just a really good costume. And I don't know whose ear at Sega Ian needs to pull, but let's get this into Sonic Dash. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Your speed battle. If if there is any yes any any chance of officially just throwing in one of those mobile games. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> 
But yeah, this was just a fun arc. Yeah. It really was. Yes. It, it is so interesting that these, and I mean, you know, we, we talked at the top about how the Sonic X comics were very much like, um, just like, oh, story of the week. Like, I remember, uh, like, the original run is very much like, um, what if we did all of the Earth holidays, but with Sonic, like Christmas mm-hmm. and St. Patrick's and Valentine's, etc., etc. But, like, this is actually kind of like a mini story arc spread out over the course of several months with, with El Gran Gordo, and it's just charming as hell. I, I loved it. <laughs> it's re- It's a lot of fun. Sorry, I don't want to derail us, but did you say they did a St. Patrick's Day thing? Yes. Yes. Wow, they must have had a lot of salami for that episode. (laughs) (laughs) I can't remember the story beats off the top of my head, other than the cover is Bokun in a you know, a cartoon leprechaun uh, costume. Of course. He was, he was generally the go-to character. It was like Bokun and Cream were like, oh, these children will learn about Earth traditions. <laughs> Getting blackout drunk and uh, pinching your friends. Uh, so yeah, like, like we said at the beginning, uh, especially for me, for as somebody who has never read any of the Sonic X comics until this point doing this episode, this was definitely a great introduction to those comics and uh, I was able to appreciate the artwork and the writing. I I personally really love just the feel in the atmosphere of like it's got that feel of a Saturday morning co- uh, Saturday morning cartoon, but you also have some of that good Sonic comic continuity. And it's just it's just light enough to really just be a nice, enjoyable read. It doesn't. If I was to equate it to anything, it doesn't feel like you're taking on junk food, you know, in a sort of way. It just it feels it still feels substantial, but like in a lighter way that's like just wholly enjoyable. Like, we have a story where Eggman's a wrestler. That's just awesome. <laughs> yes. And even even though this was the era where the, the, the staff of the main Archie Sonic comic was changing over to, you know, to Ian Flynn and, and the crew, like, it's, it's nice to, to keep in mind that this was coming out the same time as where he was closing so much baggage from old storylines in Archie mm-hmm. that was still very much interesting to read, but also... It is nice just to hop over to Sonic X for like a nice story with no strings attached, you know, just, you know, the stakes are very low, but it is just some fun Sonic shenanigans without having to worry about mourning the death of the um, Sir Conry the Horse Knight. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you can't follow that part up, really. (laughs) No, that's it. That's the... the, uh, the nadir of that um ian flynn is really great at writing all different kinds of sonic he wrote for the sonic x comic he wrote for two different continuities of archie essentially he wrote for he's writing for idw every now and then and of course he wrote for sonic boom as well that's a whole different thing he just he just gets it he really does know, every time like even though this was after he had already taken over on the main series it's just cool seeing you know that even in these early days Ian still just gets it, mm-hmm. like you said, like right from the jump. And he even knows pro wrestling, so I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> well, sports fans, I think that wraps up another episode of The Hill is Always Greener. 
sure had a lot of fun revisiting these comics. <laughs> I feel like I've repeated myself so many times at this point, but with all Archie Sonic comics, go get them, go read them however you can, especially these. These were a lot of fun. Uh, you can find us around social media. Uh, you can follow the show as a whole on Twitter at Sonic F Series, um, as well as our YouTube channel. I am Game Buddy. Uh, you can find me around the internet and under that name, sometimes with a one, two, three at the end. And on Twitter at Great Job Jeremy. That's G R and the number eight. And you can find me all over the internet at Valero. That's F A U L E R R O. You can find me on the socials at Rock the Jake, and you can find me on Twitch as Mr. Rock the Jake. Jake, is there something wrong? You didn't say you loved that jingle. I was very upset. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. Hold on. <laughs> I, you know what? My mind blanked for a second, but let me assure you, Mr. Falero, that's F-A-U-L-E-R-R-O. I love that jingle. Okay, thank you. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> Lovely. And you can find me on Twitter at Cyberlink420. <laughs> C-Y-B-E-R-L-I-N-K. That's Cyberlink420. Cyberlink420, dude. <laughs> Off the top of the dome. I'm leaving. <laughs> Door slam sound effect. G A M E B U D D N Y. It's Game Buddy. <laughs> was that an and Y or N Y? That was, and, and, that was and an y. extra link. Okay, I got gotcha, you. Game gotcha. Buddy. <laughs> As always, a very special thanks to Amy Waters for the use of our theme song, which is from her album Gotta Go Slow. Uh, you can check out more of her work on YouTube and Bandcamp. And as always, remember to like, subscribe, review, share the show on YouTube, your podcatcher of choice, because believe it or not, those metrics actually help spread the show out there. So thanks again. Imagine it like watering a seed. If you give a good review, you're watering the podcast and you help it grow and flourish. Just douse us in water, please. And a very special thanks to our friend Liv Brown for reprising their role as Bokoon for us today. On the next episode of The Hill is Always Greener, we are going to close out the month of June, Sonic's birthday month, if you didn't know, uh, with a discussion of Sonic the Hedgehog, parentheses, 1991. I guess we kind of have to use that now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I can't believe we're finally going to talk about Sonic 91. We've been talking about that for ages. <laughs> yeah, uh, as it is, uh, is largely known across the internet, Sonic 91, uh, the, the, uh, because there is a true Sonic the Hedgehog and we're not discussing it next time. But <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I, I have, I have seen Sonic 91 used on some, some cheesy merchandise, like a, uh. a t-shirt with some stock art says running since 1991 but what we're actually going to be covering is in fact the first sonic game uh on the original the original mega drive slash master system version and uh yeah this is like the big the the rocky transition from not being a game to being a game of Sonic the Hedgehog <laughs> because it was a pre it, it's like the early days the stumbling blocks of Sonic um where we we they weren't sure what they were doing right off but nevertheless Sonic hit us like real hard like he did a big spin attack into the public consciousness and it started right here with all warts and all of this game uh, I'm excited to look back on it <laughs> 
and the world has never recovered. No, it's, it's true. true. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's been a while since I've played the first game from start to finish, so I'm interested to see, you know, if my opinions have changed since the last time, like five or six years ago. Right. Yeah. We'll get into all the nitty gritty of that original debut of Sonic on his on his birthday month. But until then, I'm Game Buddy. I'm Valero. I'm Rock the Jake. And I'm Cyberlink. And, well, I never learned anything about manners, and I've been eating my whole life. (laughs) (laughs) This has been The Hill is Always Greener, folks, and we'll see you on the other side. Oh, yeah. Wrestling. Yep. (laughs) 